Amen. Moving toward Christ. Those who say they live in to live their lives as Jesus did, first John two six. I wonder how Jesus lived. I wonder how he lived. I mean how he really lived. You know, we really, I think for the most part, right, don't know everyone's story, where they're at in life, what's happening, right? We come together as a group of people with all these stories in life and all these things that are happening, some not so good, some good. We praise God for the good things. And as we sang this morning, I I know sometimes it's hard, but we praise God in the middle of the things not so good. And somehow in all of that, God engages our hearts. He speaks by his spirit and by his word and says to come together as a body, pray for one another, to confess our sins one to another. But that we might be healed. Can you imagine a body coming together, praying for one another, and actually see God literally heal? Physically, emotionally? That God literally touch our hearts and our families and things within them change supernaturally, knowing that it's God and Him alone, that He fills us with His Spirit. Ah, I just that's a for real life. I don't I don't know. I don't know where we're at, everyone. And I know it's intentional. I know it's by being in the Word, it's by walking with God. It's it's an intentional thing. Even in the lows and even in the highs. Amen. So we're continuing to talk about moving people toward Christ. And you're going to see this basically every Sunday because I really want us to keep our focus on these three things as a church body. That's equipping the saints, strengthening our families, and growing together in our faith. As we'll help others to move toward him. So as we move as as a body and individually as we extend from this body, see we're gonna we're gonna learn from the word today that outside of body there there is no hope for maturity. There really is not a. I mean we have one hope. Don't get me wrong, but God intends for Christ to be the head of this body. The the word that became flesh that comes within my heart. I repent and I believe Jesus to be the bridge between me and God and. And I received that bridge, and I'm a born-again believer that one day I'll be in heaven. But today, I'm with God. He dwells within me. We don't hear that sometimes enough. That he dwells within me, and his desire is for me to grow and to mature and to experience life that we keep trying to find. Now, come on. We keep at, what's my purpose? What's my purpose? Even as believers, last Sunday I talked about that we still look for purpose. And I'm not saying shame on you or shame on me. Keep looking, right? But just know, you already found it. (laughs) If your heart belongs to him, you don't have to look anymore. Don't let the culture and the flesh and the world make you think otherwise. For he desires that we engage him. And as we do as a body, four corners, we equip. This is biblical. This is every church. I mean, biblically, but to equip us as a body to come together 
to strengthen who we are in him, to strengthen us, our families, and, and to move forward in our faith together. It's together. We're going to find out. It's together. Without one another, I'm telling you, we'll never experience the fullness of Christ on this earth that he intends for us to do and to be to his glory. Amen? Oh, they're suggesting them again. I'll never forget that picture. Facebook, I just see Facebook. Oh. So just a really quick review from last week, and it will be quick uh, this morning. It's found in Matthew 9, 35 through 38. And we talked last week about harvest being plentiful and that Jesus is, is walking and he's ministering for a year and a half. And the next thing you know, the Bible says that he looks up and he looks out across this field of this area, not too big of an area, that he's been healing people, literally, and he's been sharing the gospel, and he's been talking to people and, and walking with people. And after a year and a half, he looks out and he goes, but I see so many weary, and they're like a sheep without a shepherd. They, they don't know what to do. And last week, I, I spoke it as clear as I, I could, as clear as I felt God just could express it, is even as believers, don't we become weary sometimes? Just kind of like doing good stuff, we, we can. We become weary because even the people back here in Matthew, they were, they were following Christ. Not everyone, but there was a big group. He was including them when he said he looked at the multitudes. He was looking at groups of people. And, and think about it. The, the, the groups that were healed, that knew Jesus and believed, um, per, per se, I don't know how to say this, but that he was the son of God. I mean, at this point until... He went to the cross, and, and all that came to fruition. Then reality could, could really set in. But to this point, think about it. If you were healed by Jesus and you started following him around for a year and a half, you were in his ministry. If, you, if someone was healed here physically, you probably, and I'm not saying God would have you stay here, but you'd probably want to hang out for a while going, God is good, and I, what's going on? Hear, hear me out. So, so here's this ministry, and he's throughout all this region, and even the believers like, like us were we're there, and he just looks up and goes, but you're so weary. You're, you're so weary. It's, it's like you're a sheep without a shepherd. And, and I know this to be because verse 10, immediately, you know what Jesus did? He sent his disciples out. Remember that from last week? He sent them out. Why? Because we are the ones that pray to the Lord of the harvest, and we are the ones God are sending out. It's not someone else. It's us. That was last week. So we go into this week, and I want us to turn to Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 1. And before I enter into speaking and sharing the Word of God with one another, you know, we always talk about um, seeing God. We always, we're here for a year, over a year now, right? We, sh- we say, we say, that we believe that God wants us to look at what he's doing around us. We want us to, he wants us to see what he's already doing because he's always working around us. And as he works around us, he wants us to get in on what he's doing. We, we, don't, we don't have to make things up. We don't have to fabricate. Believe me, there's a lot of things God is doing. We don't have to make them up. <laughs> make, make sense, right? Well, so my God story for this week I try to share one of some sort every week, is um, Trish and I were going on a bike ride yesterday, and boy, was it yesterday? That is, that's wrong. 
Yeah, whew, it's been a long day. Um, so we're going on this bike ride on Orange Trail. And it's, uh, we were on the flatlands. I mean, we weren't going up and down hills and stuff like that. And we were praying along the way, asking God, where, where, where are you at? Where are you working? And I'm telling you, we had some cool talks with people. You know, we stopped into this place to eat and um, just uh, anything from, uh, hey, you know, what's the food? What, what do you recommend? And what's God doing? You know, we'd, and then spark up a conversation. We, had, we just had just one conversation after another through this uh, three. We were about three hours into the ride. And just before we had left, we were going to go down two miles, turn around, go back. I said, you know, Trish, as I pray and ask God, what is he doing? I'm just always amazed at what we'll see and what we'll find. And, and you know, we talked, you know, got on our bikes. And, and so lo- long story shorter is we're about 200 feet from where we're going to turn around. We're going to go down and come back around. And Trish wanted me to always ahead of her because she doesn't ride a bike much. And so she wanted me to get flat, you know, stop if we're at an intersection or, or she could see where I'm going so she knew how to maneuver. And so... But the next time, I'm about 200 feet ahead of her, which I didn't usually get that far, but we were on a little bit of a decline, and so I was speeding up a little bit, not much, but, and then all of a sudden, within my heart, it's like God put an urgency, and I mean, it's my story, I mean, it's, but I'm telling you, all of a sudden, it was like God said, Trish is in trouble, I'm, I, I, I just, What? And and so I didn't I don't know I don't know how to respond to it but so I just nonchalantly turn around she's in trouble we're on it's a good trail and how and she ain't there and I'm going what in the world on one side is is just nothing but open field and on the other side though is it follows the river and it goes down a good thirty degrees um, and it's thick real thick you know Florida big elevate ears and just thick. And I don't see Trish, and I'm yelling for her, and she's not responding. I'm about 200 feet away, so I see clearly no response. And then all of a sudden, it's like God said, she's hurt. And I'm going, what? And so I start pedaling hard, and I'm I'm looking at the side of the road. I'm going, there's no way I could tell where she's at. I just can't tell. You can't see. And as, as I'm pedaling, it's like it's about from here to that plant away. All of a sudden, it's like God said right there. I'm going, and so I went over to the to where that plant's at, and I'm looking, and I know Trish, and it's like God said, no, she's she's in there. Well, she hit some rocks and literally flew about 35 feet, and so she flew through the thick the thicket, and and landed. I couldn't see her from where I was at, and so as I did my best to follow what God was speaking, I went through the thicket, and sure enough, I got about eight feet, and then I got where I could see her uh, back down the ravine. Wow, that was crazy. But what was so interesting is she did break uh, her T12. She crushed it, her vertebrae, because she hit really hard. and We didn't know it, of course, at the time. But when I got to her, she was in so much pain, she was whispering, I heard you yelling. I heard you, but I couldn't respond. I tried. I couldn't respond. So after about 20 minutes, we determined, there, I mean, it was crazy, you guys. There wasn't scratch. There wasn't, it was like, like she just walked in there and lay down. She, she, she hit rocks. She 
went through this thicket. She's on the ground, and it was like, I mean, she had a few leaves on her, but, and I'm like, just like, almost went like, well, get up. She said, I can't. I said, well, what do you mean? And so maybe the whole story some other time, but, I, but I'm telling you, it's interesting because God was all at work right there in our own life. He was at work, and he invited me to be a part of what he was doing as he spoke to me and said, here she is. I mean, for some, maybe hearing my voice on the web or even this morning, I know sometimes it's like it's someone else's story, and I'm not saying you're making, taking it lightly, but, you know, it's kind of like, okay, you know, really, God spoke to you? Like, but, but he did. I never would have found her that quick. No way. There's no way. There was, there, there was no way for me to tell where she went in. And then I saw where her head hit. It was, it was rocks like this, about one-foot rocks, pointed all over the place. They were keep, to help keep the thing from washing away. And then there was muck. And she flew in, and her head hit muck. But it was enough to, to crack or crush her vertebrae. But still, she, her head hit muck. And I saw the indentation Then she had to have flipped. And then I saw the indentation again where her body hit. And then she flipped again, and when her head came down, when I lifted her up, there was, a, there was an indentation, so she hit hard. And as I look at her, her, to her right was a rock with a pointed edge, just like this, two inches from her face. And over here was a four-inch pipe sticking out. And it was serious, it was like the angel of the Lord, just, even though she, and just set her down, boom. I don't know what to say, right? I, the whole thing, I mean, the bike, not a scratch. How does a bike go over a ravine? I don't, now, see, I'm not trying to read into this. I'm sharing with you because I'm trying to figure out some stuff too. Not that I need to figure out God. But, but you know what? The glory to God. Even though Trish still got hurt, even though the glory to I'm telling you, he intervened. And he desires to intervene, and he desires for us to call out. And, you know, I just, I just keep thinking about that. I, I'm calling, I'm desperately calling, and she can't respond. And I, and I just start praying. Well, wait a minute, she can't respond. I, I'm, I, I, for a split second, thought the worst. And it was only a second, because it, then that's when God just said, she's hurt, she's hurt. And I, I'm just, God's speaking to me. I, I, I mean, it's kind of like she's hurt, so... I don't know, it's it was like I knew she was okay, though, because he wouldn't say she's hurt. <laughs> God is good. May we cry out, but he always hears us every time. Let's look at Ephesians together. It says this, I, therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you to walk worthy of the calling with which you were called, with all lowliness and gentleness and long suffering. Bearing with one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called in one hope of your calling. One Lord, one faith, one baptism. One God and Father of all, who is above all, and through all, and in you all. Father God, we thank you for this day. We thank you for your word. We pray and we claim in your name, in the name of Jesus that your spirit will reveal the truth, the revelation that only you can give. For those of us who are believers and we have 
come to a place where we repented and believed is only because you placed it in us to know and to do so. And by our free will, we responded. You're asking us, you're telling us, your word reveals to us we're to walk worthy of your calling. May it be said of us, help us to have ears to hear and eyes to see that you might be glorified through your body, through our life, in Jesus' name. Amen. So as we look at Ephesians, I think it's without a doubt we can see, you know, as Paul's right here, I therefore the prisoner of the Lord beseech you to walk worthy of your calling. As a born-again believer or someone that has put their trust in Christ, you've been called. And I think we probably have heard that. I think we probably know that. But we need to take it just from knowing into acting, into believing. Here's what I mean. That moment when I repented of my sin and I put my trust in Christ as my Savior, the Bible says the very Spirit of God indwelt me. That my spirit that which was once dead in trespass and sin now is alive in Christ. Okay? And the minute, the minute that happened, the second or the nanosecond, God time, I have no idea. I can't get down to a small enough time. But in that very moment, what happened, all of a sudden, it's like God, hi, Tony. Welcome to the kingdom. He called me. He called me. He called you. And his desire is for you to have the fullness of him, the fullness of life that only he can give. The purpose that we seek, I'm telling you, is only through what we're fixing to hear in a moment. We walk worthy of that calling. Number two, we receive that call. It's automatically imparted. You might think, well, wait a minute. If, I, if I'm a believer, if I, if I accepted Christ as my Savior, and, and then I, thus I've been called, God has called me, if you will, into the kingdom, well, okay, done deal. But it's not. Paul says we're to walk worthy of that calling. It's intentional. So we're called. We need to get that real clear in our mind that when we are a born-again believer, it's because God has called us. And then we're, to, we're, we're told to walk worthy of that calling of which we were called. And how are we to uh, walk in that? Like Christ, with his love, with lowliness. We're to bear with one another. We're to support one another. When some, you want, let me put it in layman's terms. I'm not trying to be stupid here. I'm not silly. I'm just saying. Let me put it into our, our English language. Even when someone is stupid, even when someone acts up, even when someone does something wrong in our mind, or maybe it is wrong, when they say something they shouldn't have said, or when they do something that's inappropriate, the Word of God says we walk with them just like we would want to be walked with. I, I just got to tell you, you might not know this, but I still have stupid days. I say something stupid. I, you know what I mean? I, I'm serious, you know. And, and, and sometimes I just have someone look at me, and, just, and, I, and, I, and almost immediately I know, oh, I shouldn't have said that. Or, but then, like, I've got brothers in Christ. I've been, a couple have been walking with for years. And you know what? They don't, they don't slap me. They don't go, how dare you? What do you? They just go, man, did you hear what you just said? Well, I know, you know. And you try to shrug it off like we always do. And, no, no. Where'd that come from? What just happened? 
And the Bible says when, when we mess up as a body right here, if someone in this room did something stupid right now, I would fully expect the body to embrace and to love that person and not reject them and kick them out. Seriously, you know? That's what a body is. That's what growth is. And, and maybe some of us wouldn't respond that way, but when the people, if you will, the people that are here or the non-believers that are here, when they see us respond in love, they go, wow. Something's different. Walk worthy of our calling. We are never above the lowest sinner in this room. And the Bible lest you think you're better, watch out because you're on your way out. That was another paraphrase. All right, so we continue with this. Watch this, verse 7. But to each one of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore, he says, when he ascended on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts to men. Now, this, he ascended, what does it mean? But that he also first descended into the lower parts of the earth. He who descended is also the one who ascended far above all the heavens that he might fulfill all things. I'm gonna, I guess I'm going to stop right there because, boy, that, I mean, I remember first looking at that and you go, what? <laughs> now, again, for theologians out there, I'm not going to try to break this down. It would be a whole two sermons. But I simply just want to say in the context of what I believe God has for us today in Ephesians 4 and what we're talking about and walking in unity and soon to talk about is the, the gifts in the body is this. Paul's just making the statement saying, look, Christ is above all. The one who has called you is above all. He's above everything that's above in the heavenlies, and he's, a, he's, he's above, above everything that's below. Above principalities, above evil. In a sense, he's saying Jesus is who he says he is, and there's nothing of him. The one who has called you, the one who has indwelt you. Think about this. Come on. The one that was with Trish when she was flying. Desires that we walk in a manner that glorifies him. So how do we do this? What is Paul saying? How, how is he equipping the saints? He's, he goes on, he says this. He says, now, verse, verse 9. Now this, whoops, sorry, verse 10. He who did, no, sorry, verse 11. <laughs> I'll get there. <laughs> I could blame it on my glasses, but no. Okay, verse 11. And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers, for the equipment of the saints, for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body, till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery, trickery of men and the cunningness, craftiness of deceitful plotting. 
But speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is the head Christ, from whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies according to the effective working by which every part does its share causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. Whew! That's a lot. But think about this, what he's saying. That God himself, that Christ, the spirit of Christ, but God himself gave apostles and prophets and evangelists and pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry. Right here, equipping of the saints for the works of ministry. That the body comes together. Last week I encouraged us that, that we're putting together a calendar. Uh, Trish was supposed to do it this week. Next week she said she'll do it. But we're putting a calendar together that so our body will know uh, specific events that will strengthen us as a body. Can I just say it like it is? Most, ch- most churches, it's not being critical. We, we are a church. But most churches, they dis- in our culture today, they disengage. We have a hunger as believers to come together and worship together. But the next thing you know, our busy life starts taking us away. And, 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 and we, we don't connect. I mean, how well do we know one another? Not very well. We're a little disjointed. And don't take this critically. Don't, it's not meant that way. I'm just here. here. The, the word tells us that we're to be a body that comes together. This is an equipping. This is where the word of God speaks. And we go, that, that's what God was saying about pray to the Lord of the harvest. That's what God was saying that as we pray, the spirit of God will intercede within us. And the next thing you know, he'll impart to us that compassion for, the, for those that don't know him. And Oh, that's what God's saying when he says, you know, walk worthy of your calling. And actually, I received that call. And Oh, wow. I mean, I guess I just didn't really think about that. And how do I work out that call? I, okay, so I read the, received the call. What do I do? You get what I'm saying? This is the time to come together and, and to be equipped. This is the time to come together for the works of the ministry, for the equipping of the saints, for the works of ministry. What is that ministry? To edify the body, us, to build another up. So what happens if we leave here but never connect in any other way. It, I mean, I know like we all, most of us family, right, that um, we don't all live with our family. Some do, some don't. But you, okay, so, but what happens? You start disconnecting as a family. I'm not saying it's right or wrong or in between. I, I don't know. But, but you know the feeling. All of a sudden, you know, they're still family. You still love them. But, but how are you doing today? And you might say, well, we got Facebook. Well, okay. But you know what I mean? And so if, if we don't ever connect as a family outside of the equipping time, we'll never grow to the potential God has for us. I'm telling you, for you, for if you're a believer and you're in this room and you have this hunger and you just, you constantly, it comes up, it dwells up. You know, I know I'm, I know I'm a believer, but what's my purpose? I know I'm a believer, what's my purpose? And, and it's just constantly coming up. I can almost guarantee you, you're not plugged into the body. Biblically, I can, I just, you're not plugged in. Because if you start plugging into the body and in, 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 in ministry, as we, as we go out and, and as we take uh, like a tool like that card we talked about last week. Um, do I have one? 
Yeah, you got a whole bunch of them. And, and simply just go out as we extend from the body and we go out and we share and just say, you know, I'd like to invite you to church. Or you know what? Everyone, I just got to tell you, everyone, I believe, is looking for answers to life. And, and right here, truelife.org, it's a, a website that will give you biblical answers to a question you might have. And we have we as a body, we just it's not about a card, you know, but we, we we extend ourselves beyond this time. And then we come together and we, we might be in, into a Bible study. It might be uh, we meet in, um, um, I was talking with Heather. Our daughter Heather was just up here. You don't know her. She's our youngest daughter. Um, she, she's uh, doing a Bible study with a couple other women. Just walking with them. You know, we, we extend past or, or from this and, and, and plug in together as a body. So then he goes on and he says, watch this, watch this, just, just to make it clear by the word. So he says, for the equipment of the saints, for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, watch, till we all come to the unity of the faith of the knowledge of the Son of God to the perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. What's he saying? As we walk together, we pray for one another, we, we not only are equipped, but we start uh, operating like the body and, and ministering fr- from this place and, and missionally going places and, and meeting the needs of people and serving Christ and giving him the glory. And as, as we do that, what's happening is we're growing and we're maturing the word. How do we grow and mature in the word? How do we grow and mature in the word? Okay, do we do this? A, do we lock ourselves into a room and we study the Bible for five years and that I can tell you, I can recite from uh, Genesis to Revelation. Uh, is that how we do it? You know what he says? How, how we do this, how we grow and how we mature as a believer. If you grab nothing, if we grab nothing, when we walk out that door today, get this. How we do that is not by self. It's as through the body. There, that's how. See, if you think about it, I can't grow unless I grow with you. We have two daughters, okay? Trish and I were mar- are married. We're married. <laughs> married, and we have Eleanor and Heather. Okay, so, and, and I know this is, uh, you know, I know sometimes families get disjointed, so, so, so just hear me out, though. But, but think about it. If, if when Heather was born, we no longer saw her, she'd still be our daughter. And I think in, in some ways we'd still love her. Uh, you know what I mean? But as years go by, it, it would, she, it, we wouldn't know her. We wouldn't think about this. It's only through the family, only with our daughters being with her, her mom, in this case, and, and dad, that we grow, we know each other, we support one another. The body of Christ is no different. And that's why we feel kind of weird as a believer. And we have this desire to be here or, or in church on Sunday. And, but yet we leave. And there's just, I don't know, I don't get it. I, you know, I'm not, I don't seem to be growing. And I, I, don't, I don't know how to respond to things. And he says, be together. I'm paraphrasing. Be together. Grow together. Walk worthy of calling. And as you do, you will bring about a unity in the body. That will strengthen the body and strengthen you. Will grow you. Well, how will it grow us? It, it says this, 13. 
until we all come to unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God. We grow in knowledge. We, we grow in maturity in Christ. And it's through one another. Is there anyone in this room that rubs you wrong? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like their personality just ain't exactly like hers. Is there anyone that would say, hey, there's someone in this room right now. Per- they rub me wrong sometimes. Oh, I'm going to, thanks, Ryan. You and I will be the only ones that tell the truth. I said, come on, even in a church like this, a loving, caring church, you get smiles before you even hit that door. Once in a while, guess what? Someone in this room rubs me wrong. You don't probably want to hear that. You're a pastor. You ain't supposed yeah, Brenda says, well, but your family. Yeah, exactly. And when someone rubs me wrong, there's a lot of different emotions. Don't get me wrong. But, but I, I do. I go back to Scripture like this, and I pray, and I, I think about it, and I just go, you know, why did you just say that? Why did you just do that? And, and wh- what do we do first? Come on, come on, come on. When someone rubs you wrong, what do you do? What did you, were you trying to hurt me? We think about, right, don't we? We think about me. You're trying to hurt me. You're trying to get in my business. You're trying to, you know. And, and, and so as a body, there is no better place for someone to rub you wrong. If you're a body that is a biblical body, a, a, a Bible-believing body, follow the Word of God. That if you haven't ought, you go to your brother, Matthew. and you, Okay? There's no better place to grow. There's no better place to be that you can talk I didn't get there yet. Hold on. Go to, um, wow, there's so much here. It's awesome. Verse 15, but speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him. Wow, this is just awesome. And all things into him who is the head Christ, but speaking the truth in love. How do we grow up? How do we? How do we know when we're being rubbed wrong or someone's saying something or getting my goat or, or angry at me or I'm angry at them? How do we get through this? But speaking the truth in love, what love? The Word of God, the Spirit of God, that I would come to you and that I'm, we're in this body and I'm going to walk with you in love no matter how stupid I might be at the time. That's the body. See, we're here, we're gathered, we're being equipped. And if we're only being equipped, we got to be careful. What does the Word say about knowledge? If we're only in, in the Word, like this five-year plan I said, lock yourself in the room and memorize the Scripture from Genesis to Revelation, that five-year plan will give you a lot of knowledge. But the Bible says knowledge puffs up. It always puffs up. Believe it or not, if you only are equipped, think about this, if you're a believer... And you're only equipped, chances are you're going to be a puffed up believer. I'm not saying, I'm talking to a lot of people on the web, so I'll take the heat off us. Like, But think about this. If, if you went to, okay, you want to fly a jet plane, and you went to jet plane flying school for 30 years, but you never flew a jet. Would you not talk like you could fly a jet? Would you not probably go to other uh, pockets and go, well, I don't know, you're doing that wrong, you know. <laughs> come on, come on, come on, come on. 
So thus, we got to be careful as believers. If we only are equipped, praise God we're here. Praise God we, we desire to be in fellowship with, with God's people and worship Him, right? I mean, so don't give me, I mean, I love it. But, but if we only are always equipped, we don't even realize it. We get this big head and we think we're good. You need someone to come along and just go, I'm going to be careful. See, I can't look at it. Okay, you need to come along. Someone to come, that can, in love, get the, get what he's saying? In love, say, say to you, you're disjointed. Out of love, I want you to know you need to be plugged in. How has God gifted you? How can you serve the body so you will grow? But if you're a believer and you're here, not only are you to grow, but without you, I can't grow. Think about that. Without you, I can't grow. I don't know. It's deep to me. We're going to wrap this up for today. We're going to bring it to uh, verse 17. And this I say, therefore, he's wrapping this up, Paul himself, he's bringing it all around, and he's saying this, as I have told you this, now listen, he says, therefore, this I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord that you shall no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk in the futility of their mind, having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God because of ignorance that is in them. Ooh, think about this. To me, sometimes people say my, my definition of spiritual ignorance is a little off. Okay, maybe. But when I think of spiritual ignorance, I don't look at it like a physical ignorance because, you know, I just didn't know. You know what I mean? Like, we can be ignorant toward, uh, okay, I just got pulled over and the officer says, okay, here's a $50 ticket because you weren't wearing a seatbelt. And I look at the officer and I say, but I just didn't know. And he goes, oh, okay, <laughs> well, right, you get. Yeah, probably not. That's probably. And so spiritual ignorance says this to me. If you're a born-again believer, though, see, difference. If the, if the Spirit of Christ dwells in you, how can you claim ignorance? For he that is in you is the very word that imparts to you. So spiritual ignorance is defined like this. You choose to ignore what God is telling you. It's my definition. So he says, he says, This I say therefore and testify in the Lord that you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk. Ability of their mind. People of God, how are we walking today? And you know. Me too. How, do, how are you walking today? And you know you're walking in the way of the Gentiles. You know you're walking in the way you shouldn't. You're doing some things you shouldn't do, and you know it. It, it, it ought not to be. We no longer are to walk in those ways as the rest of the Gentiles walk. Ha, ha, uh, walk in the futility of their mind, having their understanding darkened. And how do we, this is, this is it, we're going to pray. So what has a tendency to take a people who love God 
to a place, praise God, that we're here. There's many that are not in worship or not even in an equipping time. But we're talking about us. How do you take a people, a body that has come together to worship and bring them together beyond an equipping time? How do you do that? Because if you have an answer, tell me, because I've prayed weeks about, about that, for years. And I keep coming up with the same answer every time for 25 years now. We can't. That's why we're so disjointed. That's why Jesus looked into the field, into the communities, into the congregation. And he said, it's like people are so weary and they're like a sheep without a shepherd. They, they leave here and they just, they just scatter. We can't. Only God can. I mean that. It's only when you as a people, as a believer, pray. And I don't just mean, well, God, I heard what you said this morning in service, and we need to be more unified. Amen. I'm not being silly here, but it's when we pray. and It's when we just really say, God, I mean, what are you saying? I mean, I don't, I don't have time to, to plug in other times. I, I can barely make Sunday morning. I don't, I don't have time. Pray for the God of the universe that can heal your very spirit, your soul. For the God of the universe that can heal your body physically and emotionally. For the God of the universe, listen, listen, listen to him. For the God of the universe that can save you for eternity, pray to him. You will get a response. I'm not God. I'm not saying. I'm not. I'm not saying for God. He will respond to you. His word says he will. He will at the very least give you a peace. Pray to the Lord of the harvest. Pray to God. Encourage us today. I I long to see a a a body that that prays and 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 that all of a sudden realizes. The more they start connecting together, the more they have put aside the things of the world, and they start realizing the deception and the pull that has taken them away from the one and only thing that's important in the first place, and that's Christ and Christ crucified and the God that loves us and a life that is purposeful. For as we live in a body, as we come together and unite, and as we realize that it's not about the things of the world, then we impart to the world. We're not of the world. Where did Jesus send his disciples? Did he send them to a Bible study? Did he get what I'm saying? So, so, so as we unite, we come together, and as we start getting to know one another, and we're encouraging one, one another, and we're praying for one another, as we go out, because now we're not only being equipped, but we're growing, we're maturing, we have purpose, and I'm telling you, the Spirit of God gives us purpose, and we have purpose. We have his purpose, and it ain't even our purpose. We don't even have to wonder. We just go, and as we go, we go into our jobs. Come on, come on. We go into our work. It's not like life stops. We go into Walmart. We go into... Nothing changes except for a clarity of this. This side says, I have God, and I have work, and I have family, and you know, I have to buy a car, and I have to go to school, or maybe I don't. That's what this side... God is a part of our life. This side says, God is my life, and... I'm going to work with God. I'm going to buy this car. God, is this a good thing to do? I'm going to, 
I'm telling you, it seems so subtle. Don't be deceived to think that God cannot be number one in your life and you still live life. In the name of Jesus, we need to come to an understanding that God is not a part of our life. He is our life. And if we will come together as a body and we will join together and we will encourage one another, we will have the strength to do so. It's his purpose. It's his plan. We can't do it outside of the body. We can't, we can't, we can't. And may God have the glory. Let's hear, have ears to hear and eyes to see and watch our God. He'll do exactly as he says. He'll move. Amen. Dennis. The question this morning for anyone here and or on the web listening, is that your God? You know, is he the God that has come to save you? Is he the God that loved us and his one and only son that we might live eternally? And the Bible says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. Romans 10, 9 says, if we confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, then we shall be saved. But God, how can we believe? How can we believe? We weren't there. We didn't see it happening. And the word of God says, as those very words, his words from the word of God, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, Jeremiah, or Jeremiah, Romans 10, 9, that the Spirit of God will reveal truth in your heart. Your salvation, if you so choose to repent and believe. If that's you this morning, this I know, I have nothing to do with your salvation. If that's this, if you're here this morning or you're on the web and your heart's being quickened to, to repent and believe in Christ as your Savior, he was already working on you way before my speaking now. So we, we pause. Believers in the room, pause. And we're going to just pray for those to the Lord of the harvest that, that need to be saved. Father, we thank you. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for your people. We thank you for your truth. Sometimes it's so hard. Sometimes we, we just want to do things our way. Or we don't understand things, why they happen. But you do. Every time. We're claiming salvation, Lord Jesus, to your house today. But if anyone in this room would repent and believe, the angels in heaven celebrate, we celebrate as your body. On the internet, 